So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is really awesome to have you tuning in, truly, truly. What I'd love to do today is something a little bit left to feel. I feel feel like the last few episodes have been a lot about doom and gloom and, you know, inflation and interest rates and affordability and things like that. And what I thought I'd do today is this is definitely something that's come up in many, many conversations that I've had with investors over the last few years. And that is when I'm talking to people about, you know, really what is their motivation to grow their wealth? What is that they would do if they achieved their goals? And essentially, I think there's a little bit of a theme here that um, people don't necessarily like the idea of the word retirement in order to sit around on their hands and do nothing or to play golf full time or anything like that. The real motivation that people have around wealth building sounds a little bit like just having that space and the freedom to explore what would they do if they didn't have to work and earn money in an active employed position or a a business for a living. And essentially through conversations, often what I glean from people is this idea that they'd love to be a professional investor for a living. So what I want to do in today's podcast episode is really just maybe pull that apart a little bit and help you understand, first of all, what does that mean? And why is it that so many people are thinking that that would be a great hobby or side hustle in retirement? And uh, I guess where I want to start is with my own story. I'm super lucky that over the course of my life, you know, because um, my husband John and I have made such a huge effort to constantly be monitoring how do we live within our means, we've ended up in a situation where even when we had uh, small babies, the money that I earned or anything that I created through either business or consulting or investing was always money that was clearly earmarked for future investing. And so, In some regards, for a long time now, I've had the luxury of being able to say that I'm a full-time investor. And from my point of view, there's a huge element of play in that. And it's really fun. I know it sounds really dull, but it's actually really fun. It's it's kind of understanding how deals get put together, meeting people who have the results that I want, leveling up as an investor, understanding that the more you know, the less you know. I think there's a perception that at some point you would have it all sorted and you'd know everything. But the truth of the matter is it's a little bit like learning a language in that the more that you learn about grammar and finessing and and colloquialisms when you learn language, and uh, certainly when I had my experience of living in Barcelona and, and trying to learn Spanish, initially I thought I was really good at it. I thought, oh my God, after four weeks I'm fluent or fluid is the word. I was fluid. I could go to a party and have a conversation. But then as I started to really immerse myself in 
sentence structure and, you know, I really had to go back to English, to be honest, to relearn English. I realized it, how bad I was at it. And then I went through a period of being very self-conscious about speaking. But I think with investing, it's it's re- or any discipline for that matter, it's really the same thing. The more you learn about investing, the more you realize that there are some uber talented people in the world who are kind of head and shoulders ahead of, you know, your your knowledge base or your level. But I guess, you know, I'm, I'm really going full circle to say that I've had this luxury of being allowed to play as a full-time investor. And particularly now where my focus is broad enough to encompass, you know, the very uh, juicy and fun area of alternative investments, you know, because of the fact that deals start and finish, um, you're constantly looking to redeploy. There's a lot of money that piles up that you have to reinvest. All of those things mean that, you know, and I, I say this to people, uh, it's my greatest metaphor for alternative investments is that it's a little bit like going into a lolly shop or a sweet shop where you have a little paper bag and you have, let's call it a little amount of money. And you've got to choose from rows and rows of dozens of types of sweets, which ones you want for your bag of lollies. So, the challenge in my my world is not an absence of deal flow or a shortage of deals. It's more, oh my God, I've got, you know, all this, you know, deal flow to choose from, but only this small amount of capital to right now. So when you kind of have that ability to kind of choose your deals as and when your capital is available, it's a very different dynamic to constantly having to chase deals. So, you know, for almost two decades now, in being an investor has been a, at least a, a full-time passion, if not a part-time endeavor. And yeah, it's super, super fun. And so, I think people recognize that that is a lot of fun. People often get into investing because um, they want to grow their wealth and growing wealth and creating money to shape the life that you want to lo- you know you lead is super fun and i think the only thing that frustrates the hell out of people when it comes to investing is the frustration of having to compete for deals the time wasted going down rabbit holes on deals that just aren't a fit for what you're hoping to achieve feeling misalignment with the risk profile of a deal compared with what you feel comfortable with all of those things are incredibly frustrating but you know i think if you can get yourself to a position where where you are cherry picking great deals and you know you've got that pipeline of deal flow then we can start to kind of you know move ourselves from being someone who maybe looks at our wealth on a very infrequent basis to someone who plays as being a professional investor for a living so i kind of want to give you a sense of what would it look like to be a professional investor for a living. And I guess the first thing I, I want to mention, and I think I've mentioned this before, is that it's really important to recognize that the cadence of wealth building, meaning the frequency, the level of intensity of time and energy that you need, need to give your investing is very, very different to the time, energy, and frequency of time that you need to give your job or your business or your career. It's really, really different. But having said that, if I look at my own experience over the last, especially the last decade, I would say there's probably not a day that goes past where I'm not doing something to move the needle on my finances. And it can be really simple things like, you know, administration, talking to a builder, tidying up some piece of administration, all the way through to choosing deals, speaking to new deal operators, evaluating, um, you know, what's happening on a banking front or a finance 
front. So, you know, one of the things I, I, I like to cultivate with, with my own clients is that there's never nothing to do, but how do you create a healthy cadence around the attention that you give your your wealth creation and your investing that feels good to you you know if it doesn't feel good to you to do something every day then you don't need to you know the intensity around playing with money and your own money at that for a living is is actually something that I think a lot of people can really resonate with as being this really fun pursuit. So, you know, in my own case, I probably do something most days. I have a, a couple of clients that I wanted to kind of share with you as a bit of an illustration. These guys are tradies by background. Um, have run a really successful, modest business over the last, say, 30 plus years. And they're just kind of getting to that point now where having worked with me over a, a couple of years, they now have a portfolio of alternative investments generating really great cash flow sitting on the side of all of the other wealth that they'd already built um, prior to us meeting. And one of the things that was really interesting about this particular couple is they had a business that they didn't feel they could sell. It was a really, um, they were self-employed, but it was really just a business that was very niche and relied heavily on, you know, the skills that, that he brought to the table. And the idea was eventually, most likely, they would just have to shut up shop and retire. I guess the evolution that's occurred over the last two years is, especially after immersing himself in the space of alternative, is he's now in a position where he understands how these investments work. He understands his investing rules how to distinguish between a deal that's a fit and deal that's not a fit. And both parties in this couple are really interested in doing is actually playing as investors as their hobby in retirement. And I'd say they're probably likely to retire in the next 12 months. So they're a, a great illustration of, you know, people who've not had, I guess, higher education in finance. Um, they certainly didn't study accounting. And I think this is the thing that always blows me away about wealth creation in general is it certainly isn't rocket science. And I think, unfortunately, there's a whole industry out there that is um, very much trying to make us believe that it's too complex for us to handle on our own and we should outsource the decision making and management to others. And I, I certainly don't advocate that role at all. I, I think it's really important that you retain control of your investment decision making and partner with other people to get the outcomes that you need. But what I love about this particular couple is without any formal training, they have leveled up their thinking as investors. They recognize now what it takes to build a successful portfolio of investments that will actually give them the outcomes they want. They are very clear about investments they may have made in the past that weren't in alignment with their goals. And they've got a clear plan in which um, and an order of execution to get them over that last 5% to get them to the finish line. So, you know, for these guys, in contrast to say someone like myself, I would say that maybe they kind of have a look at you know, what's happening and where things are going maybe on a weekly or fortnightly basis. So, it's not hugely intensive, but they're really good at dotting their I's and crossing their T's and making sure that they keep a really tidy house when it comes to bank accounts and management and administration. So, my hat is really off to them for having done a terrific job of leveling up as investors and really putting themselves in a position where they can play at being professional investors from here on in. 
In terms of, I guess, the question that I really want to kind of finish this particular episode on is answering, well, what can you do to make it happen? And I guess the uh, the first thing I would say is if you have a genuine interest in managing wealth and building money, then certainly the aspiration of um, becoming a professional investor for a living is definitely within, within your grasp. Unfortunately, as we start our wealth creation journey, we have to build capital first, and then we've got the luxury of being able to play with it. I think what I would like to kind of inspire a bunch of you to consider is that maybe you don't need as much capital as the world tells you that you need, that you can actually start to play as an investor much sooner in the journey. And if you think about life from a working perspective as this kind of this line that continues through time with a slow gradient of, you know, you're building your wealth, you're working. But at the same time, if you can actually build a portfolio of high performance investments as you go, eventually those two lines will dovetail. And when they do, and when the living expenses that you need to maintain your lifestyle are taken care of by your investment portfolio, that is when you start to have the luxury of choice. Um, that is when you can let go of the active income and focus entirely on continuing to grow, nurture, and preserve your passive income. So, yeah, look, that's kind of where I want to leave it today. I really, really think that, you know, this idea of being professional investors is not about sitting on your butt and trying to make money. I wouldn't like to think of this as a, a way of doing nothing. Really how I see the idea of becoming a professional investor for a living is really an opportunity to say, you know, I've fitted my own oxygen mask. How do I now have the impact and influence in the world that I want? How do I make time to spend it with my kids so that I can shape who they become in the world? How do I get involved in charitable causes or communities that I think are important? Because the vast majority of us at best might volunteer on a week weekly basis to help out with a sporting commitment of a child or something like that. But when you have the luxury of knowing that you're good, you're taken care of, that's when we can start to have a much bigger impact in the world. So, till next time, guys, take care. And yeah, really, if you're interested in more conversations and topics around what does it take to be a professional investor, just send me an email, selena at incosiwealth.com. I'd love to hear from you. Take care. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to incosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.